now we're recording. Uh, you're seeing my face after a week. So how was that? No cameras class. Did you miss my beautiful face? And now it's back. Very. Better than ever before. Actually, it's, it should be worse than ever before because I've aged by a week and nothing else has happened in the meantime. Uh, oh, Minhal wants to know the answer to that picture. Okay. Uh, I'll pull up that picture again and uh, I'll ask a few more thoughts about what you think that picture is. Uh, clearly, I've had a fun weekend I, and I mean that sarcastically because Lela, I think it was, who said that it looks fun. It was not fun. What do you think is also being sarcastic? Oh, okay. We're on the same page. We had some answers and most of them were about performance and signals and things like that. Cooling was one. Uh, why would I need cooling if the thing isn't plugged in? Uh, would be my counter to that. And Minhal does a... Hmm. Uh, so this is what happened. I found out that my computer had an ant infestation. So this is the CPU. And uh, I Googled some totkas on how to... I don't know how. I never eat in my room or on my desk, but they just so decided that the CPU was the perfect place. Uh, some answers online say it could be due to the warmth. It could be due to the frequency. Um, yep, uh, that's what Minhal says. So what's happening here is that this is the computer with the lid off uh, with the, and uh, the online totka said that if you suspend it above water, what happens is that the ants come out and they're like, let's go look for food. And they crawl down and they're like, shit, we're surrounded with water. So there is no food to be had here. We need to escape. And then you provide them the escape route, which is the fork. So then they go elsewhere. Um, and uh, did it work? I'll tell you what worked and what didn't. I tried all sorts of things with the different degrees of success. First, I just picked off the ones that I could see with the cotton earbud. Uh, I couldn't go to a professional shop because here's the thing. Uh, this has special screws that can only be unscrewed by a special screwdriver that is only made by Apple. So you have to go there or you have to buy one online. And they've specifically made those screws for this device alone. It's not even a MacBook screwdriver. It's specifically for this one device, one type of screw made for this. Um, I put it in sunlight. That worked a little bit. Some of them came out and I brushed them aside. Uh, I put them in front of the air conditioner. So I first I warmed them out, then I chilled them out. Uh, and then that worked a little bit. I tried uh, putting the CPU at 100%. So it like sorts of heats up inside and the fan blows them out. That didn't work. Uh, there were lots of fans. Like I, I like got rid of at least three, four hundred. I don't know how many are still in there. Um, 
I put a sugar cube outside of it to try to bait them out. That didn't work. Uh, this thing worked with mild success. So when I, I left it like this uh, overnight and when I uh, came back in the morning, there were lots of uh, ants surrounding the saucepan and a few were still here. Um, and uh, I, I, I reasonably successful, I would say. Uh, and yes, there's probably an ant queen there. Uh, so I, I still have it open in front of me and I'm going to see if there's a few more of those buggers that kept crawling out. One of the things that backfired was they found something to eat on this table. So instead of just running out, they went to that food source and then brought it back in. So uh, they're clever bastards, these ants. Uh, anyway, we are meeting here today. Uh, well, first, we discuss ant psychology. Uh, I wonder how much that works. Uh, I think I've gotten rid of most of them, so that's good. Um, then we, I will introduce the guest lecture. Actually, I think I already did in, in the Slack group, but on Thursday, we're having uh, someone talk about WhatsApps as a continuation of this lecture. And because of that, all of the hosting sessions have been moved forward by one class. So uh, Moeed has updated the schedule. You can check where you are now, but it's just one class basically. Uh, then uh, I have some feedback on your feedback, uh, little changes that I will make. Uh, first, there's still three of you or maybe four. Yeah, four because Moeed also filled it out. Four of you who haven't filled it out yet, please do so because uh, I want to make decisions with when I know 100% of people's opinions and not just the ones who have filled it out. Um, one of the things that was a recurring theme was uh, some of you are lost in where we are or what we're doing or retaining the information that we've already discussed. Uh, one person even said we should have quizzes. Uh, I can't change the components as such right now. Uh, but we, what we can do is have a checkpoint review sessions. So after every three or four or five classes, um, one of the classes can go on for longer, like half an hour longer, um, and we can, you know, do a, a recitation of sorts. Okay, in the last two weeks, uh, this is what we covered. Here are the bullet points, um, and to that effect, we also have uh, notes that are on Slack. Um, I don't know how many of you have seen it, but uh, when you go to the sessions page here, uh, all of these sessions have notes in front of them submitted by the host. So if you wanted one or two page summary of what we covered in this class, what the reading was, uh, that's where you go. So we do have some sort of like the retention process going here. Um, then we also have uh, some people who say that discussions are good, but they don't go on for long enough or they're not very in-depth. Um, and then some people aren't, you know, participating as much as they should. Um, so we're going to have written discussions as well after class on Slack. Uh, so whoever is the host for that session, uh, today we have Sharazade. Uh, you can post one of your questions on Slack after and let that discussion continue to run. Uh, so that people who 
would prefer typing instead of speaking can weigh in as well. And uh, you know that gives them a chance to think about their thoughts more carefully, uh, form them, type them out, and then give a more uh, you know fully formed response rather than Zoom chat, which tends to be very quick. And uh, uh, some of you aren't able to you know keep up with that pace. Um, then we're also going to try and stick to the originally promised break schedules, like at least two breaks, maybe three, if it's going a little longer after every 25, 30 minutes. Um, the problem with that was I figured it'd be easier to just end the class early or earlier uh, rather than have multiple breaks. Uh, but if you don't mind going up another extra five or 10 minutes, uh, my mental target tends to be 7.30. Uh, anything above that, I think you're starting to lose uh, attention. You might be losing it before then, I don't know. Uh, but if you're already used to one hour, 15 minutes classes or two hour classes, um, then I think it doesn't matter as much. So uh, more frequent breaks, but at the expense of a slightly longer class, um, depending on the class itself. Uh, Laila says we should have cold calls. That's entirely up to the host. I don't condone or commend them, but uh, you're the, the host leads the discussion. Uh, uh, you may say that was sarcasm, but uh, Shirzada, you now know who the cold call. call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we won't make it uh, an SDSP class. Uh, I, that's why the discussion part is always at the end. Uh, and if you're in a rush, you can always duck out if you want. Um, and we're also going to have uh, a little more structure in the class, uh, starting not from this session because I haven't had time to incorporate the feedback for this session. Um, but instead of just having slide after slide or just me talking, uh, I'll have some pointers for what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, topic number one, two, and three. Now we're on topic one, just again, there are two subtopics and now we're in topic two. So just to give you an idea of the progression of the class, um, I'll try to have those up here, but that's very hard to do uh, in making the slides and ensuring that they're not cutting through the posters or the door or this thing. And I don't want to keep removing my posters over and over again, uh, nor do I want to just remove them permanently because then they leave ugly marks on the wall. So uh, I'll see how to do that. Um, one or two of you said the course was writing intensive. Um, I warned you about that at the start, so I can't really change that now. Uh, but the good thing is that other than the reflection papers, which are writing intensive, the project uh, is something that hopefully you won't feel is as writing intensive because once you know what to write about and what you're talking about, the words uh, kind of flow naturally. And then the free assignment, like I said, you can do however you want. It could be a presentation, it could be a video, uh, whatever. It could be a written report, anything you want. And even the reflection papers, as I said, you're open I'm open to you using different forms. Uh, so if you want to supplement your words with pictures or videos or slides or whatever, you can do that and then write the uh, a shorter reflection. Uh, I forgot there was a free assignment too, Mahir. Uh, that's on you to remember because you set the deadline, you set the topic, you set the medium. And if you need help, obviously I can uh, guide you with some sample topics or things that you can do. Um, 
quite a few of you talked about the class timings uh, that uh, it's a little late in the day. Uh, unfortunately, we're way past that to change that. But last semester, I did have classes at 10 p.m. instead of the usual 4 p.m. Uh, I'm awake. You guys are awake. If you want a different time, I'm, I'm open to that. But then it would be later and not earlier in the day. So I don't know how helpful that would be. We might have a guest session or two that would be at 10 p.m. because of time zone differences. Um, but I don't know about regular class. I suspect nobody wants those. So I'm not going to push them unless you do, uh, in which case we can have a poll. Um, and then uh, lastly, some a uh, few of you said, and this is a recurring problem with this class, uh, that the, there has to be a balance between the right level of complexity. For some people, it's a little too basic or we don't go in depth enough, uh, which is a fair uh, criticism. Uh, as I said earlier, part of the reason is because we have people who haven't done HB, who haven't taken any HSS courses or maybe just one or two. So I'm trying to make the class um, more accessible for everyone so they're not lost. Uh, and also that I am focusing on breadth over depth. Um, I would rather you uh, get introduced to a multitude of concepts uh, and then you can go in depth in whichever one you like. You can have discussions with me privately on Slack or with the class. I can share extra articles if you want. Um, but I always find that it's helpful to know that there are 20 things out there and then you pick the one thing you like and do your own research on it uh, rather than me just telling you about five things and then going really in depth on those five things. Um, especially because now that we have Google, I don't think you need to be retaining all the complexities of it. I don't remember half the things I learned in my graduate program. I certainly don't remember most of the things in my undergraduate program, but I am aware that they exist. And so when I want to find out about that thing or whenever it's useful, I just go onto Google and my type in how to do this or what was meant by that concept. And the reason I'm able to do that is because I know that that concept exists in the first place. Uh, so that's my intention with this course. I might change it for next semester if uh, I'm offering this next semester. Um, but it, like I said, it is a valid criticism and um, we have a very diverse class. So there always will be people who think that this course is perfect because it's not too much. And other people do think that this is a little too easy or too basic. Again, both are uh, valid viewpoints. So with that being said, uh, we'll start today's class. Uh, and Sherazade, do you want to introduce yourself and the topic? Hello. So sir already said my name. I'll just say it again, Sherzade. A lot of people mispronounce it. So I've been called Sherzad, Shahzad, Sharukh. Someone even called me Sharukh. So it's Sherzade, and we are going to be doing fake news. Thank you, Minna. And um, sir, would you like to show the video or are we going to show it during the break? I think it'd be uh, a nice way to start and introduce the topic, <laughs> set the uh, tone. Do you have it pulled up or I can do um, it? I do. Okay. And then you should be able to screen share and remember to turn yes. on the share computer audio thing. All right. Yes. 
Okay, guys, so I think there is no better way to introduce this topic than with the following video. Um, can you see my screen? Yep. All right. Hopefully the audio works. Okay. I've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news. Fake, fake news. I've seen people destroyed, and I think it's very unfair. Some of the media outlets that I deal with the fake news. Fake, fake news. I think it's a disgrace, an absolute disgrace, but I don't think they care. Well, first of all, one of the reasons I'm here today is to tell you the whole Russian thing. That's a ruse. That's a ruse. I own nothing in Russia. I don't have any deals in Russia. Russia is fake news. I just see many, many untruthful things. The press has become so dishonest. The public doesn't believe you people anymore. You have a lower approval rate than Congress. You know, I've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news. Fake, fake news. I've seen people destroyed, and I think it's very unfair. Some of the media outlets that I deal with the fake news. Fake, fake news. I think it's a disgrace, an absolute disgrace, but I don't think they care. I'll tell you something, I don't mind bad stories. I can handle a bad story better than anybody as long as it's true. But I'm not okay when it is fake. It's all fakeness. I mean, it's a story after story after story. We're not gonna let it happen again. The public gets when I go to rallies, they wanna throw their placard to CNN. Here's the thing, I wanna see an honest press. I wanna see an honest press. I wanna see an honest press. It's so important to see an honest press. I wanna see an honest press. I wanna see an honest press. But our nation's reporters will not tell you the truth. So I'll go over just some of them. MSNBC. You are fake news. The New York Times. You are fake news. CBS. NBC. ABC. BBC. LA Times. You are fake news. The Washington Post. You are fake news. CNN. Very fake news. Politico. AP. Hotball. BuzzFeed. Failing pile of garbage. And I've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news. Fake. Fake news. I've seen people destroy. Now that I've successfully wasted two minutes of your life, I'd like to start the lecture. Two minutes that we're never getting back. Uh, Mariam, you have to tell me about what, whatever that is, is. I've seen those words on the internet, but I haven't bothered understanding what they mean. I can't believe it. I haven't seen it. I'm sure Radha could play it. But like, it's not related to the class. It's just a wrap of a drama. <laughs> I am tempted, but also... <laughs> it's just 40 yeah. seconds, though. Uh, go for it. Why not? Um, let me just find out. Afsa says, I'm a boomer. I try to stay off social media. So in a way, yes, I'm not always up to date with the hip things happening on the internet. Um... To give context, um, there was this Star Plus type drama and a scene from it that went very viral and someone decided to turn it into a rap. So is this and that rap went even more viral. The one where she falls into a suitcase? Uh, no, but it is from the, no, it's not, but it's from the same channel, I think. Okay. <laughs> Uh, 
real problems. <laughs> okay, so this is different from the one in which she washes a laptop. Is it yeah. the same too? <laughs> the same drama, yes. Okay. I, I wonder if they deliberately do things like these in order to go viral and then people watch the drama after. Uh, I've seen the suitcase one. That was pretty entertaining. Uh, okay. So, uh, Sherzade, can you introduce the article? Like, what's the two-line summary of Kena Kya Chaar, William Uncle Hai Jinnon Ne Likha Hai? So the uncle is basically saying that WhatsApp groups can spread fake news really quickly because firstly, they're private. So that means that there's no one to monitor you. Your guards are down. You say whatever you would say, you know, without someone judging you publicly. And um, secondly, what he's saying is that most of the times people in WhatsApp groups, they're altruistic, so they care about each other. So when they are spreading that fake news, they're doing it because they, want, they think that that news is going to benefit someone else in the group. So, you know, COVID, totkes, you know, I saw a totka uh, a few months ago that if you hold your breath, for 30 seconds and you're able to do that, then you don't have Corona. And there was a proper in infographic and I actually believed it for a day until my sister was like, what are you doing? And then I searched and there was no scientific. I was like, no way is this fake. But yeah, if someone did share that, that's because you know they thought that it's going to benefit me or benefit other members of the group. So there's no, as such evil intention behind it. So it doesn't, people don't share it to intentionally spread fake news, but they share it because they want to, you know, help they care. They want. Yeah, they care. So that is the gist of it, that if people can forward things in closed groups without anyone monitoring them, then, you know, one group gets a message. It has 275 participants. They forward it on onto other groups. And so, you know, the number just exponentially increases. And then by the end of the day, you've got 65,000 people who've all seen the same piece of fake news. And obviously some of them are going to believe it's true. And then they're going to spread it mm -hmm. further and further and further. And then he talks about group dynamics and stuff. Um, should I talk about those as well? Uh, not yet. Uh, let's okay. pause there. Uh, that's a very nice summary of the article. How many of you read it versus listened to it versus did not read at all? I don't judge. Uh, Miss Ma read, uh, raised her hand with, I don't know if it meant read it or listen. I, she thought I was going to provide one option, yes or no. Uh, that's two options, but I actually provided three. Uh, read it, read it, listened to it, read it, listened. Okay, I, I always prefer listening first and then skimming through to find the important bits uh, saves me uh, screen time, as I said. So uh, before we get into that article, um, I'm going to go in a different direction first, which does not talk about WhatsApp, which only talks about fake news and why it spreads. And then we'll examine the role of WhatsApp in that. Um, so fake news ki bhi kisme hoti hai? And uh, generally it's all clumped together under the banner of fake news, uh, but a lot of it depends on what exactly it is. And Trump has used that pretty effectively uh, by labeling everything fake news, everything that he doesn't agree with. Um, but there is something called misinformation, which is just false or inaccurate information. 
and even as I say that false or inaccurate information, uh, that's pretty broad. Uh, and then there's disinformation, uh, which is misinformation, but with an intent to deceive. Uh, so in one case, it's accidental, it's half-truths, it's exaggerations, it's clickbait, it's mango bars, buzzfeed style headlines, it's you won't believe what happened next type of thing. Uh, and in the other case, it's uh, written specifically to deceive you into believing something that is patently false. Um, now, the latter of these, obviously, that's a big problem. Um, but is the former also a problem? I've always wondered that. Like, do you put COVID-related misinformation on the same pedestal as what Mango Baz is doing, which is half-truths or inaccuracies or people are saying this or Muslims believe this, which is also false, but not damaging to the same scale. But when we clump all of that in their fake news, we're sort of pre-painting it all with one brush. And it's hard to understand why both of those things are going viral because they're, they're, they're using different mechanisms. They're both spreading, but because of very different reasons. Um, so when we talk about intentionality, I think you can discuss, is it intentional? Is it not intentional? Uh, some are very much intentional where people are sitting down at their computers and actually deciding, fake news and just pulling things out of thin air. Uh, and there's actually a pretty nice article on the BBC who actually went and uh, interviewed one of these fake news producers and asked him why he does that. And, you know, that he considers it his job that I tell people what they want to hear. And uh, I quite forget the details, but it's uh, really fascinating to go in depth on that. Um, then there's others who don't have that intention. Um, their intention, but they just don't know any better. They don't know what the right standards of reporting are, um, or they don't know how to fact check, which is most of our parents and boomers, Hafsa. Uh, I know how to fact check, uh, so I don't fall into that category. Uh, but they don't know any better, so it's unintentional, but they're still spreading it. And then there's a lot of maybes in the middle. So people who are writing clickbait headlines know exactly what they're doing, uh, but they do it anyway. And again, their intention is not necessarily but just fix anything. Um, so there's a paper uh, that goes in depth about why it's so prevalent and why it matters. Uh, and basically it says that uh, a lot of it has to do with the economy that we're in. Uh, 20, 30 years ago, uh, it would have been very hard to spread fake news to the extent that it is done now. And part of that is because the only way to get the news was through newspapers or through TV, uh, linking back to our second class again, uh, the medium is the message. So it's one-way communication. The newspaper editors write the things, you read them the TV producers write the program, you read it, you watch it. Now it's two-way. Uh, how does it link to the economy, asks Ed. Uh, I'm getting there. Um, in order to sell newspapers, you had to write headlines that would attract people. In order to sell TV shows, you have to write 
programs that attract people. Um, but now when news is free and online, you have to write articles with the intention that people will click them because if they don't click them, then they're not going to get paid. And a lot of journalism is suffering because of that, because if you put a paywall like the Wall Street Journal or New York Times does, then people don't pay up because they can get news for free. But the problem with free news is that uh, it's either going to have ads or it's going to be a pay per click or something of that sort. Again, yeah, clickbait. Um, and so you have to, in order to survive, you have to get clicks. And in order to get clicks, you have to write the articles or headlines in a way that's going to provoke some sort of action. In this case, the action is to click. Uh, and so a lot of content is emotionalized because that's what triggers an action. Uh, if we go back to the MAO model again, uh, or the virality model, uh, let me go come to the virality model in a, in a little bit. Um, so they profit from clickbait, they profit from headlines, they profit from articles that people actually click on and read. And in order to get them to click, they have to emotionalize or sensationalize it. Otherwise, it's just meh content. And on the internet, meh content isn't good enough. Uh, you have to stand out uh, in some way. Um, the other thing is uh, that the internet is very, very quick. You have half a second to scroll through Twitter, read a headline, and then decide whether or not you want to click on it or not, or whether you think it merits a fact check or not. So there is just not enough time for the users to fact check, but also for the creators of those news to fact check, because um, if they're not the first ones out with that story, then all of those initial rush of clicks will go to someone else. Uh, Donald Trump, for instance, getting COVID, if you don't have that story on your website three minutes after that news breaks, uh, that's the hot topic. And so people will, all of that advertising revenue will go to people who do put that story out uh, in a timely manner. So uh, the first reason why it's prevalent is simply because of monetary reasons. Uh, again, not, not much to do with psychology, but that's the, uh, the economy that we're in. They call it the emotional economy or the economy of emotions. Um, there's another alternative term called the attention economy, which is that uh, all of these companies are competing for our limited attention. Uh, and in that world, uh, the first to publish and the first to get clicks gets all of that uh, revenue. Um, and then there's always other business models, but I think this is the one that's the most effective. Uh, then it's, uh, why does it spread? Uh, and for that, we will take a break. Uh, I don't know if you guys want one right now, um, but I promised breaks every 20 minutes. It's been 20 minutes. Uh, so I think we should, I will stay too true to my word. Uh, when we get back, we'll talk about, uh, how, uh, virality uh, or the virality model that we discussed last week links to why fake news spreads. So let me pause here for a bit. Uh, no baby shark. Uh, Sherzade uh, is the one who chose the music, unfortunately.
Where that song comes from. If you haven't seen it, it's called uh, Spider Man Multiverse. What is it? Spider Man. Spider Verse. Spider Verse. Into the Spider Verse. And uh, it's a gorgeous film. Like the animation is outstanding. Uh, so if you do watch it, watch it in 4K or 1080p or, you know, just uh, marvel at the uh, amount of visual effort that's gone into that movie. Um, I had a question during the break. Uh, so let me address that first, which is to elaborate on the link between the economy and the news, uh, which, um, so there's three economies being spoken of here. One is the actual real life economy. Uh, and maybe that's a, a misnomer because what uh, they really mean by that type of economy is, uh, the business of news. So all of your news channels, your your newspapers, news websites, they have to find a way to survive uh, in an age where information is freely available uh, within seconds of it happening. Twitter especially is uh, an example of how, you know, uh, it's faster to tweet than to write and publish a news article. Uh, the other type of economy that they're talking about in this particular article is the economy of emotions, which is that uh, how do we make people feel what we want them to feel in order to uh, you know, further our own business interests. If you don't uh, catch, if you don't make me, uh, I, I don't want to uh, go into the next topic just yet, but um, if you catch, my, uh, let me go through to the third economy that they're talking about first and then come back to the second one. Uh, the third is the attention economy, which is uh, I have limited attention on the internet. And so uh, I have lots and lots of uh, media outlets, friends, ads, uh, all of these spaces competing for my attention. Uh, and so the first to get to that attention wins in order to make me click. Uh, and to go back to the second one, the economy of emotions that you know they've uh, they've coined that term that I don't really agree with as such is that personally and emotionally targeted news uh, are leveraged to generate attention and viewing time, which converts to advertising revenue. So th that links uh, an emotionally charged article gets more attention, more attention means more people click on it, more people clicking on it means more advertising revenue. Um, and then another comment was, wasn't news sensationalized before in order to sell as well? It was, but the incentives were not tied directly to one particular piece of news. So uh, how did you sell newspapers? If you had a subscription, then you're getting that newspaper every single day, regardless of what's in it. So you're reading it not based on a particular headline, but based on the fact that that's the one you've chosen uh, to read. 
if you buy a newspaper off the street, then yes, maybe the top headline is sensationalized. Tabloids do that a lot. That gets your attention. But then the rest of the stories inside it aren't as clickbaity. Uh, I say clickbaity, but you're physically buying that paper. Uh, the top headline will be there to get your attention, to get you to buy the newspaper, but then the rest of it is fine. Uh, and the TV news, for instance, that again, they're all pushing out the same news, uh, but they're earning their, ad uh, their revenue from ad breaks uh, in the middle. So again, yes, they get your attention, but not to the extent um, that online outlets uh, are getting it because they are paid by the click uh, and by the number of visitors they get. So they don't actually care if you read the article, they just want you to get on that page so they can say that we get 500 million monthly visitors. And then from that portion, maybe some of them actually click on the uh, ads there as well. Uh, so that being said, let's see how that links to why it spreads in the first place. Um, so in the last, say, last Wiley class, uh, we studied virality, and a lot of it was K. Uh, there is, and I'm going to start typing things in the chat uh, just so you can keep uh, track of where I am. Uh, maybe I'll have it on the slides next time. Um, that virality tends to happen when there is emotional arousal, high arousal, low arousal. We studied that. Uh, and then also positive versus negative content. Uh, so if something is positive, it tends to go more viral than something is negative. Uh, and then we debated on why that may or may not be the case. And then we said that within positive and negative, uh, anything that has a higher arousal value goes more viral uh, than something that has a low arousal value. Uh, and then within that, they said that deactivating emotions tend to go less viral than activating emotions. As an example, they said an activating negative emotion, activating negative emotion is anger, is anxiety. Um, they tested a positive emotion, which was amusement. And then they said that uh, sadness did not go as viral because it's a deactivating emotion. When you are sad, you want to do less of something you as opposed to when you're angry uh, which is a high arousal emotion so you want to you know punch someone in the face or you want to stand up and do something and uh, not so much when you're sad um, so when you apply that model to fake news you can start to see the link with why some types of fake news spread more than others they tend to be uh, the headlines tend to be an activating emotion and they also tend to be negative. So something that will make you angry, something that will make you fearful, something that will make you anxious. Um, all of the COVID-related headlines, for instance, are all anxiety-inducing, fear-inducing. And then some of the outrageous headlines that you see, they all induce anger. You won't find as many sad stories that go viral unless there's another emotional component to it that you know inspires you or you know there's a happy ending to it or something like that um or if it explicitly asks you to take an action which is that uh, here's this poor person that needs help uh, we need your help to raise funds and you know some of those go viral not even all of them um but generally you'll see that usually the the, the articles that go viral tend to be 
associated with some emotion and the reason why the, those emotions tend to be angry or anxious or fearful is because those are the types of emotions that push us to take action. Um, so the action in this case being I choose to share it and I will only choose to share things that uh, awake, awaken something in me, again, higher arousal emotion. Um, I used this example from last time. Let me see if I can. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, so uh, I talked about positive and positive amusement. Uh, but this is a good example of why uh, something positive can also go viral. So this is a headline that I came across back in February. Uh, and this isn't from the reading. This is. Uh, my lecture, uh, and then I will link this to the reading. Um, so uh, very amusing, ha ha ha, uh, .pk. Again, the reason why you want to click on this headline is because uh, it's amusing and, uh, you know, uh, fun. Let's see what happened. And obviously there's an emotion attached with Amir Liaquat already. So you make fun of uh, someone's misfortune or whatever. Uh, but this was the original story. And then they amended it uh, to cut the headline uh, after this. So that's what I sent to uh, my friend. So my friend shared this, and then I countered it by saying that uh, they changed their own headline. And now it's just Amir Lakir admitted to Aga Khan Hospital. Uh, but does that help not spread the fake news? No, because I wish, I so wish it is true. It is true to me and to me, because that's what they want to believe. And they know it's not true, but they still, if they believe that it's not true, uh, then that kills the amusement that they're deriving from it. Um, which sort of leads into uh, some of the other components of why it goes uh, viral. Um, one thing is that it's easy to share on the internet. Uh, so why does fake news spread faster on the internet? Because there's less friction. It takes one button and you're sharing it with 256 people at a time, or in the case of Twitter, thousands at a time. Then there's self-presentation. You want to share things. I should write these things down. Self-presentation. Self-presentation is what do I think of myself and what sort of content should I put out there that adds to that sense of who I am. So if I think of myself as, a, I don't know, someone who's very learned and informed, then I might have a bookshelf behind me that adds to that self-presentation that this is who I am. And so this is what I want to portray to other people as well. Uh, and so someone who identifies as a feminist will tend to post articles on feminism because that's the self that they're presenting to the world. That's the identity uh, that they've chosen um, to spread, spread. Other people will be like, I'm a sports fan. And so all I'll share online is sports articles about a certain team or something. So that's adding to their self-presentation of uh, or their identity of them being a fan of such and such team or person. Um, so a lot of uh, the time, things that we're posting online are adding to a self-presentation. And so when you come across a new story that adds to that self-presentation, you're less likely to 
check whether or not it's true and just post it because it's convenient and it fits the the uh, image of yourself that you have confirmation bias yes i was going to ask what does that remind you of uh, and you uh, anticipated that question it is confirmation bias which uh, why don't you remind us what confirmation bias is uh, it's been six weeks since we did that uh, you easily accept information chairs are you you want to speak and then i can read let us comment as well i was going to call call lela <laughs> <laughs> He's just anticipating us. Yeah. Essentially, yes, what Lela has said, that is what the confirmation bias is. And mm. it's a really huge overarching bias that has a lot of other biases in it as well. So, you know, the accessibility bias is one that we haven't studied in class, but basically mm. whatever you can access in your memories, you know, you tend to... Uh, you tend to pick those things more. So for example, mm -hmm. if you're sitting at a restaurant, someone asks you what drink to get, whichever one that you can think of first. So even right now, uh, according to your self-identity, you tend to share those things because they're at the top of your mind because that's what you're presenting to the world. So it's a combination of accessibility and confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um... In the chat, yes, uh, we got it right. It's uh, six sessions because the uh, heuristics and biases session was session number three, and uh, we're at nine right now. Uh, everyone's panicking about it. Surely it hasn't been that long. Uh, but yes, confirmation bias is uh, that you're viewing information that you already agree with. You're finding or seeking information that you already agree with because it confirms your pre-existing beliefs. And so with fake news, if you um, go to someone who, I don't know, believes that coronavirus is caused by 5G, uh, then they are going to search for, I, I think I gave this example before, they are going to specifically search for articles that confirm that yes, it indeed is caused by 5G and not for does it not cause 5G. And whereas if you go to someone who doesn't believe that, then they're obviously going to be like, hey, this is so obvious. Why would I need to search for other information that uh, counters this? Um, then there's also that uh, something that we haven't studied, but it's called the desirability bias, which is that you want to appear desirable to other people. Uh, and also uh, that you want to accept information that pleases you. So um, if you, are in a, I don't know, a, a flat earthers group, and you're the only one who doesn't believe that the earth is flat, uh, you might not voice that opinion because there is desirability bias. You don't want to go against the grain because these are your friends or you know them somehow uh, and you choose to remain silent or you speak out and then you're banished from the group or you know, there's negative repercussions. Um, and then there's also selective exposure, which is similar to the confirmation bias, which is that um, you're only being exposed to things that you already believe in because that's the people or the world that you've surrounded yourself with. So three things here, selective, uh, let me start with selective exposure, then confirmation bias, and then desirability bias. These three things combined ensure that 
you aren't going overly out of your way to one, seek information, two, uh, check that information, and three, share that information, because doing so would have repercussions in, in the uh, groups that you are in. And also, you know, you may not be aware that uh, counterfactual information is there at all, because you aren't in the right groups or surrounding yourself with the right sources in order to get that information. Um, right. Then we have a little bit on, hmm, do I want to go through this? And also we have another break in five odd minutes. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Okay, let me pick out the important parts here. Um, I'm just skimming through my notes to see which ones are the most important ones. Uh, one is that the headline itself tends to be the news, so people don't actually click through. Uh, this is in terms of like clickbait headlines where the actual article itself doesn't say something as sensational, but the headline does because that's what gets people's attention. Uh, and they're like, article called Nikki Kyazururathe because uh, we, we read the headline and the headline is the news itself. Uh, and then I have something that Twitter has started doing. They're still testing this, uh, which is this thing. And, and for all its problems, I think Twitter is pretty self-aware uh, about what's going on. So uh, they've, there's at least two different iterations of this that I've come across, which is if you uh, retweet something that you haven't actually opened, it will pop up with a warning that says you haven't read the article. So do you want to read it first before retweeting? Um, so there is that. Um, then there's a little bit about uh, how to avoid fake news. And, uh, you know, first you need to know what the right sources are. Uh, there, here's this handy chart that I saw. Uh, I wonder if this makes it large enough, uh, which lists most of the news sources that you come across. Most news is stemming from one or more of these uh, providers. So on the x-axis, you have uh, the partisan bias. Uh, right is conservative, left is liberal. Um, and then this is the overall quality on the y-axis. So uh, reporting original facts and being neutral is your standard reporting agencies, AFP, Reuters, Bloomberg, AP. Uh, these guys just report the facts and nothing else. And then these guys start adding color to those facts. Uh, let me add in some opinions, let me add in some context. And that context or opinion tends to skew conservative uh, with this side and skew liberal on this side. Uh, Fox News uh, all the way down here. Uh, um, and then on the extremes, you have conservative utter garbage, conspiracy theories, and liberal utter garbage slash conspiracy theories. Some of these are real doozies. You should open these sites, both of them. Uh, Breitbart, I think, is a pretty well-known one. Infowars is uh, amazing. Uh, I opened it today. Uh, it's also interesting that uh, there's one in the middle. So they don't take sites, but they still want to uh, spread fake news, the inquirer. Uh, so one way to fight fake news is to know where to go in order to fact check. Um, I, I could have a whole class on how to do that, but like even in writing and com, you've sort of uh, gone through what good sources are. 
then there's a debate about whether the platforms should do enough. Does Twitter do enough? I don't know. Uh, we can have that. I, I so wish we could have that debate. Uh, maybe Sherazade has time to introduce that question or on Slack. Um, but one of the things that's in the article is that it's too easy to pin the blame on the platforms. Uh, and the exact quote was, um, there's a risk of pinning too much blame uh, for a complex political crisis on an inert technology. And so what you get out of Facebook and Twitter is what you put in and just saying that they are conduits or even WhatsApp uh, is a little unfair on them. And yet the way they're designed uh, is also geared towards sharing more and more. Um, and then obviously there's the problem of echo chambers. Um, does anybody want to take a stab at an echo chamber? We use it, we use the word quite frequently, but uh, what is an echo chamber? and go for it. So it's like when you and your following or your friends basically mirror each other's views. Mm -hmm. So that way there's no kind of like a uh, way for new information to find itself. We're just constantly validating the same opinion. So like mm -hmm. the actual echo chamber, it's just one opinion ricocheting across. Everywhere. Is there an example? I'm sure you guys come across many of them. Uh, lums, of course, but what part of lums? What particular topic, Adi? And it doesn't even have to be things like lums, but uh, I follow sports news, and a lot of the time, a banda says that this player is very good, he is in and then everybody is like, yes, he is in the team, yes, he didn't do anything, yes, he is uh, and then that becomes the the norm. Um, even with players like uh, cricket, maybe like Kamran Akmal, Yomar Akmal, you know, the the prevailing idea has become that they're clowns and they like unki team banti, and then that's the thing everyone runs with, and then one thing happens, and then it's a pile on. But other examples anti-establishment discourse. Uh, uh, yep, uh, Bismar, go for it. Um, could it be like when you share like a tweet and then it goes to like a specific group and then they have like opposing views? Like there was a one, there was one tweet of uh, Ms. Nida Kirmani that got really viral for that everyone like trashed on. Like either people were like loving what she said or people were like, you know, who is this like teaching alums, like liberal agenda and all. So for that count, I guess. Uh, there's two separate echo chambers there. Uh, one yeah. that, yep. Uh, but what it like sort of really gets into is uh, the idea that all of the people you are following are people who you already agree with. And so you never see anything that counters your point of view here. Uh, you are seeing counterpoints if you open the replies and do all of that shares other. Um, conspiracy theories like QAnon. I don't know if you guys know about it, but this is a very viral conspiracy theory, and they basically believe that 
um, the U.S. government has a pedophile and sex trafficking ring and that Donald Trump is their messiah who's going to save them from this. And us listening to this, we think it's ridiculous, right? But this is something that has actually you know, separated a lot of families because people go into these echo chambers and groups where everyone's constantly talking about this conspiracy theory as if it's fact. And then soon that's all they're talking about. Yeah, a lot like phantoms as well. And soon that's all they're talking about. And they genuinely start to believe this to the point that they're not believing trusted news sources anymore. And that's because people in groups are constantly validating each other's opinions because we don't like confrontations, especially in group settings. So if we do disagree, those members tend not to say anything. So you're only hearing members that vehemently agree to something. And so, you know, those echoes just amplify. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great part, a uh, great point to take a break, because after that, we'll come to the article and then we'll discuss the role of groups. Uh, but to summarize so far, what we've done is first taken a look at the uh, practical reasons why fake news exists in the first place, which is uh, because someone has to bring in the money and sensationalized articles and headlines uh, tend to get more clicks than those that are more neutral. So, you know, uh, it's almost a necessity for some uh, news articles uh, unless they have an alternative uh, revenue model. Then it's about uh, some of the more scientific reasons why some stories spread more than others, which is that uh, there's more fear, there's more anxiety, there's more anger there's high arousal emotions associated with many uh, of these articles. And so that tends to spur people to actually uh, perform an action, in this case, the action being to spread that news. Uh, and then there's some of the uh, individual reasons, which include uh, self-presentation, confirmation bias, desirability bias. Um, and then there's a little bit of uh, why the platform themselves are designed to be this way, which include the ease of sharingness, sharingness, wow, uh, ease of sharing, uh, frictionless environments, uh, just reading the headline itself. Uh, and so when we get back, we'll discuss the role of groups and why WhatsApp uh, is a particularly potent field for fake news. So, uh, Sherzade, you need to give me another song because I already used two. Uh, so let's reconnect. That was a eight minute long song so i'm sorry you couldn't get through all of it uh, you played the original version which is very slow <laughs> uh, that's the only one that showed up and and okay there, there's an after hours remix as well yes that one <laughs> yep uh okay maybe for next time uh, if there is another break here um so that brings us to the article, which I don't know if we'll have time to cover all of, but let me uh, explain some of the highlights, uh, sort of similar to what Shahrazade told us in the start. And then in the next class, since we're also talking about uh, WhatsApp, and obviously you have to talk about fake news, if you're talking about WhatsApp, uh, we can elaborate a little more uh, on that then. Um, so the first thing that I found very interesting about the article is uh, that it says that social media is very theatrical. Uh, we're going to discuss what it means 
to have a self, uh, we've talked about the self, the ideal self, the true self, self-presentation. We'll discuss the self in more detail. But one thing that social media does is provide us with an opportunity to present a self, one version of it. Um, and I think it's no surprise to know that you are one person on Facebook, you're a different person on Instagram, you're yet another different person on LinkedIn, and you have these different personalities that come to the fore, uh, depending on the medium that you're using. Uh, the article said the medium was the message. I was so pumped when I read that line. I'm like, yes, validation. Um, so it says that uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram become increasingly theatrical. Uh, every gesture is geared to impress an audience or deflect criticism. Uh, and within that world, WhatsApp has become a sanctuary from a confusing and untrustworthy world where users can speak more frankly. Uh, and if you think about that, I, I would agree with that in, in that WhatsApp tends to be the closest to your true self because it's not actually social media because there's very little social and very little media compared to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, WhatsApp is primarily one-to-one -one conversations with a few groups thrown in uh, and compared to Facebook where you have, where compared to Instagram, for instance, where you have to present uh, an image of yourself that is perfect, that is uh, beautiful, that is, uh, I don't know, uh, I like to travel. And so all of my pictures have to involve mountains and things like that. Um, compared to Twitter, where you subscribe to a certain point of view, again, maybe you are, uh, BMLN supporter. And so all of your tweets tend to be about politics because that's the image you're presenting there. Uh, on WhatsApp, you're all of those things and none of those things at the same time uh, because there is no one there publicly with whom you can present an image of yourself because if you wanted to do that, you have to message them. Uh, and if they're on your WhatsApp, chances are they already know who you are and so there's no need to impress them. There's no need to wear a mask. There's no public facing face there for you to use. And so I would imagine that WhatsApp is the closest you can come to your true self on the internet. Uh, Menel said WhatsApp has the most uh, echo chamber effect because we only join groups when we like them. Uh, I don't know about most or least, uh, but yes, WhatsApp tends to have the people that you already like, the people that you already talk to in real life. So it's just another way to be in touch with them. Uh, and you can say, well, Instagram is also the same, but it's not also the same because on Instagram, you're uh, publishing to an audience of 200, 300, on Facebook, it's an audience of 400, 500. Uh, whereas with WhatsApp, you're publishing to an audience of one or in other cases with groups, maybe two or three or four. Uh, and then there's like those very large groups again, like uh, that's less often. The largest WhatsApp group is still smaller than the average Instagram audience for a class like this, uh, which is 256. Because um, that's how many people you know in real life, but you're not talking to all of them at the same time on WhatsApp. Uh, so, uh, it says that it's understandable that in order to relax, users need to know they're not being overheard, uh, that they're uh, 
you know, and, and that's where you can express some of the more hateful expressions. That's the term you've used. Uh, share their prejudices. And this is how I truly feel now that I don't have a large audience of uh, Twitter or Instagram to judge me. I only have to talk to one person or two or three people. This is how I truly feel. This is, uh, you know, the sort of things I enjoy doing. And uh, I, I see that happening all the time, myself included. I think all of us can relate to that. Um, where a joke that you find funny privately and you share with two other people that you know will find it funny, you would never share with a larger group because you're like in Kosa or it's offensive or, or something like that. Um, so WhatsApp is allowing people to be closer to their true selves. And what that means is that not all of us are uh, perfect, impeccable, uh, the, that version of ourselves that we see on other social media platforms. Uh, people are com complex creatures. People have uh, widely varying viewpoints and WhatsApp allows you a way to express those viewpoints without the fear of judgment. Um, then there's also the group effect. Uh, Sherzada, you wanted to talk about that at the start. Uh, now would be a good time to uh, talk about why groups on WhatsApp uh, are particularly a problem. I think I briefly mentioned it a few minutes ago, but uh, basically when you're part of a group, even in real life, you're, there's these certain dynamics that go into play. And one of the biggest one is group think where you want to maintain cohesion within the group. So whenever you have a group, you tend not to say anything that would uh, create a confrontation. And the same goes to WhatsApp groups. But the difference is that those WhatsApp groups are closed groups and you're not necessarily interacting in person. So when someone shares an opinion and a group's ideology becomes solidified, so a group becomes focused towards, let's say, um, it's against the LUMS admin. Everyone who's talking about being against the LUMS admin, those are people that are more vocal members of the group. And people that may disagree with those members won't say anything because they don't want to be outsiders. They don't want to be considered social pariahs. So they're not, they're just not going to say anything. And soon an echo chamber is created. And that's called group think where a group forms an identity of its own and it starts thinking as one because people tend not to disagree when they're in group settings. Mm -hmm. And um, that um, spreads misinformation and conspiracy theories and all of that because no one's mm -hmm. fact checking, no one's disagreeing. <laughs> Right. Uh, so it's very hard to be the one person in a group who stands up and says, I don't agree with it. Why? Because there are social repercussions. You are uh, seen as different. You are seen as an outsider. You are seen as someone who, uh, who's disagreeing with what everyone else is agreeing with. So in a way, uh, ironically, their viewpoints might uh, be even more deeply rooted because uh, 10 people say one thing and one guy is saying another thing and they're like, yes, disagree kinda. so we're going to tune him or her out. Uh, and so in order to feel part of a group, uh, and when we say group, I don't necessarily mean a WhatsApp group, I mean part of any group. It could be a social group, it could be a society group, it could be a, uh, I don't know, groups are made for all sorts of reasons on WhatsApp, but eventually you find that uh, as Sherzada said, they, they start taking a life of its own. And even if you know that something is patently false, 
you might not bother to correct them because uh, you will be outcast or what's the point if they already believe in that. Uh, and so when there's no one to say otherwise, uh, the fake news starts to spread from there. And they also say a lot of it is because they genuinely want to spread things out of concern. So COVID related uh, conspiracy theories uh, aren't necessarily because uh, like intentionally it's because I care about the people in this group. This is information that may or may not be true. Let me share it with them because it might benefit them. So it's actually the opposite. Uh, it's not malicious, it's intended to help but because people don't know any better and because they care about the groups that they're part of, uh, they start spreading it. Uh, let me pause here and uh, Shirzada, you have a game for us today. Um, yes. Uh, which this we might is... see more of in the future. Um, this is kind of a game show. And what we're going to do is we're going to see how good you guys are at judging which news headline is fake or not. So I'm going to share my screen. You will have to go to this website called Kahoot. And over there, you're going to have to um, put the code in that you see on the shared screen. Just let me go to Kahoot. Do we have to have Zoom on one side and the browser on the other? Um, you, you have to use your phone. So that would be ideal if you use your phones. This is probably the only class where you're being encouraged to use your phones during <laughs> class. Uh, Minhal asks a question. I don't know how this works. So Sharizade, you're going to have to yes, take on all the technical questions. Loading and once it loads, I will help you guys. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, SN had a very valid uh, why is my Siri being activated? Essen said that, uh, you know, it's group thing at work uh, when someone starts using we plus their individual opinion. Uh, can you all see my screen? I can. Okay, there is a code there. Can you all see it? You can also type it out. It's 3437122. So you just go to kahoot.com and at the top you will see an option called play. Usme just enter the code after you click that and you get to assign yourself a nickname and then just join the group. And once everyone has, I will click start. How many of you use uh, Slack on the web uh, like Sherzada is as opposed to the app? Oh, nice, we have music. Yes. I use both actually whenever I need to open documents on my laptop. How does Slack let, I haven't used it on the browser, how does it let you know that there's a new message? Um, my computer gets a small notification at the corner, so it just goes like to know. Oh, so like the Google Chrome notifications. Yes. Uh, SN asks for the link. Um, just type kahoot.com SN on any browser. It is asking him to sign up. No, no. Instead of uh, clicking sign up, click play. There'll be an option of play at the top as well. Next to sign up. 
how many people are supposed to be in this class we have and there's a count at the corner 16, 16. there's 16 uh i don't know if moid is there is moid there so you can subtract me and moid and then you should have 18 so two more people whoever is having issues one more person and then we're good to go okay we're starting guys you'll have 20 seconds to answer each question the question will appear on the share screen and figure it out you can answer using your phones okay let's start it are there teams here or is it an individual no team? it's individual so you have these options which ones do you think is fake and click on the color that you think is answer six people got it right that is a high number since i got all of these wrong <laughs> and this is our leaderboard mina is on top ali is there you get more second. points for answering faster yes you do so which sort of runs counter to the point of fake news because if you only have like <laughs> 20 seconds you're not going to uh, be scrutinizing as much as and you have a question before you continue is from before yeah is it like is it fake news and actual news or like are they all like not true but one of them was actually a published fake like like all of them it. most of them are actual news headlines one of them is a fake news headline you know as oh, in okay. the headline is for a fake news article so you have to spot it and as for okay. sir saying 20 seconds i think that makes sense because you're not really fact checking when you see a whatsapp chat you you don't have a lot of time so you're judging your innate ability to check fake news How are you guys so good at this? <laughs> I would have gone for number two, stem cell burger. I did too. Let's see who's Lean. Ali Asghar is on top now, and Leila, you have dropped. Hafsa is nineteenth. I feel like all three of these could be easily true. That's not bad. Or is this in the news? I don't recall. Like everything is Trump news these days. Leila is on top now. Thank you. 
finally this one was hard for you to guess but the most mundane one was actually me oh no change in the rankings I like that they're all about the same topics. Yes. I read about the cat, so I, I knew this one. Is Milo Minhal? That sounds like the quickest, <laughs> uh, like the most obvious one. Yes. Here we go. Aliasper is third. And then Milo. Milo is Minhal. She said yes. And this one is first. <laughs> <laughs> they all got three out of six, so. And Leila and Etizaz are the runner-up. So. I like that. Who? Essen and Ali think it's. Rigged. Uh, there's another version of this game that I'll introduce, but uh, Shahzada, you have a few questions for us, so why don't you take the next yes. ten, twelve minutes, and then we'll end. All right. So I saw the chat, and a lot of people have started sharing the answer to this question already. But we've all had our parents come to us and talk to us about some really blatantly fake news that they saw on WhatsApp. And I want you guys to share the funniest one or the most interesting one that you can think of. Like I'll give you an example. Uh, a year ago, my mother came to me and my, my sister and I, and she was like, uh, "Don't sleep with your phones. There's a solar flare, and every technology device is going to turn into a bomb at night, and it's going to explode." She showed me this huge paragraph on WhatsApp, and I was like, "Mama, this is fake," and she wouldn't believe me. She's like, "There's no harm in not sleeping with them for one night." <laughs> and she did sleep without her phone that night. And I tried to convince her. I googled it. I told her this has been going around for years on WhatsApp, but there was no convincing. Uh, it probably has a NASA thing to add validity. Yeah, NASA say aya tha. So, anyone want to share? You can start reading from the chat. Is So Ali Azhar says Nike with Corona versus on the sofa. Bisma says my dad. You can only meet people outside in the day because he kills Corona. I'll share one. My favorite one. I'll copy paste it as received uh, in the chat. Uh, 
माई मॉम एक्चुअली डिड फॉरवर्ड इट टू फ्यू ग्रुप्स इन चीज लाइक मुझे क्या पता शायद हो सकता हो बट यू गाइज आर इन योर बी एस सी फाइनल ईयर देखो दुनिया कहाँ से कहाँ पहुँच की है एंड यू गाइज आर प्लेंग कहूट ऑन योर फोन्स Uh, I Snapchat a lot, so my mom thinks Snapchat stores our videos to blackmail us. I'm literally. <laughs> okay, since a lot of you have had the same experiences, and we're kind of, you know, adopting a mocking tone while talking about our parents, I was just curious to know how can we, as a generation, distinguish that this news is fake while they can't. I mean, it's not that. their intelligence is less than us or anything i just feel like they're better at distinguishing fake news when it's published in the newspaper or you know it's shown on news outlets and news media as opposed to whatsapp over there they just lose the ability to distinguish whether it's fake or not so i want you guys to tell me okay how do you guys this mass says the format of the message <laughs> just seems such that bandwagon effect we are more social media aware because of more experiences on the platform that's true difference of digital literacy yes and that brings to my last question um so we've talked about blatantly fake news and how our parents fall for it but we just had a quiz show about news headlines that were about the same topic and it was kind of hard to distinguish which one is true or not so when it's generationally relevant and you come across a piece of information on whatsapp do you fact check it and if so how do you fact check it before passing it on to someone else so if you come across covid related stuff i just don't trust any news on whatsapp a lot of people saying the same thing that they just ignore. ignore anything coming on whatsapp one of the problems is that 99 conspiracy theories you know fake hongi aur fir ek jo hai wo actually sach niklegi and so what you find is then people sort of going even more uh, in like a uh i told you so and therefore all the other ones are also true uh, so it's really a problem when uh, one of them miraculously turns out to be true our uh, guardian wale article may be they've given a few examples of that asin has an interesting point he says that he doesn't if it conveniently fits into his world view and expectations mm-hmm. i believe we all do that to some extent to a large extent i would yes. say even the amrlia katwali cheese that i shared with you is an example of that that brings my discussion to an end if anyone has any interesting stories that they didn't share please feel free to share them on now, slack now would be a good time to cold call lela when she's not expecting or anticipating <laughs> that so yes lela please share with us something um it's hard for me to think of stuff because my dad uh disregards any fake news and in fact uh, has always taught us to look at sources for facts so if anybody brings it up or he's like it's bullshit but it's hard to remember if you're being told that it's bullshit 
why does he do that like what background is he he wants us to um be more logical and more critical in our thinking he's actually an engineer but he loves reading books and he's like pakistan mm-hmm. what there must lie that people are just taught to rote learn they don't actually think so um yeah like he's the one who gave, t- recommended that book to me the art of thinking clearly which has all of those biases i actually did download that book and skim through it i'm keeping it for future reference uh yeah i can't think of anything my mom follows a lot of fake news but then i ignore all of that so uh okay I'm going to share one last thing, which is uh, another version of this game that you can play on your own. Uh, it's called Factitious. If you Google it, it should come up. There's a pandemic edition. There's a Uperye Factitious as well. And uh, basically, you set a difficulty level and uh, you have to tell whether or not it's fake or true. uh and then it's also show source so first they have a headline and there's an actual article then you can see where it's from and then you guess whether or not it's it's news or not um devilishly hard uh you would think that we know better but just as shares are this game shows uh is pretty hard so hard college wale pe jaate hain uh i don't have the chat here let me play a couple of like let's do three questions and then you can just tell me in the chat what it is and i'll click it uh easy medium hard two pe jaate hain and if you want me to show the source i can do that as well So real or fake just type in the chat and i'll go with whatever the majority is saying you don't actually have to read the whole thing because that's the point people don't read the article uh, they just read the headline uh, okay real i will go with real that was fake Oh, it's from the Onion. You should have asked me to show the source. That would be a big giveaway. Again, I think most people just read the headline and then maybe the first paragraph. Uh, so we have real and then change to false, false, fake, false. Show source. Finally, someone. <laughs> uh, now that's the source. Real, real news, news right now. Right now, <laughs> sounds very real. <laughs> Hafsa was the only one who asked for the source. True, fake, true, real, real. True, I think. True. I would be very surprised if this is real but I have no idea. source politico.com I think this was in the image I showed you earlier. Uh 
real, real, true, fake, real, really? Oh, it was real. Huh? I am going to, okay, last one. Ah, bat soup. False, false, false. Uh, fake, false. Zerohedge.com. Okay, fake one. Okay, round one complete. So you can do this in your own time. Um, and that brings us to the end of the class. Thank you, Sherazade, uh, for co-hosting. And uh, you can post one of the questions you asked or a different question, I don't know, uh, on Slack. You can use the, uh, where do we fit this in? Do, should I create a new channel for discussions? Or I guess you can just do it in general as well. I'll do it in general. And then you guys can chime in at your own pace. But I would like for everyone to participate as much as possible because it's not fair for uh, some people who keep on speaking and then others don't at all. And then they have the burden of saying something to break the silence. So uh, that responsibility should be shared. Uh, OK, uh, you're getting virtual claps. Uh, Okay.